Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 tonight. Stop worrying your life away. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Take no thought for the morrow. Some translations have that, do not be anxious. Many of them have it, do not worry. Uh, but this one is just fine. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. It's talking about that feeling we all know so well. Worry. Worry. I recently read a fable. A fable. <laughs> about a grandfather clock that began to consider what it was doing. And he said to himself, I tick twice every second. That's 120 ticks a minute, 7,200 ticks in an hour, and 172,000 ticks every year. That's 1,209,600 ticks a week and almost 63 million ticks a year, a year. I said year earlier it was day. He got to worried about that 63 million ticks a year. And so finally he had a breakdown and ended up in a clock psychiatrist who asked the old grandfather clock, how many ticks can you tick at a time? And the clock answered, one. He said, from now on, he said, you do this. You stop worrying about all the ticking you're going to have to do and concentrate instead on ticking one tick at a time. Don't think about the next tick until you've ticked the tick your own. So the clock went back to ticking one tick at a time, and he's been healthy ever since. And the moral of that fable is, how are you doing it ticking one tick at a time? And the answer to that is, maybe not quite as well as we were a year ago this time, or a year before that. There's been a lot put on our plate in the last 12 months, and there may be a lot more coming. So it's a good time for us. To consider the words that Jesus has put in this, in, in this passage for us. Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Jesus did not teach us that we uh, should not plan for tomorrow. When he gave the parable of the man, the successful farmer who said, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns. He had had a bumper crop. Uh, there was nothing wrong with what he was talking about doing. Uh, if he had run out of storage capacity, he needed bigger barns. He was planning for what was to come. Uh, what he condemned him for was in not considering the fact that he was not guaranteed another day. And he had made no provision for eternity. That's what was wrong. And so Jesus said, so is he who goes through his life and makes no plans for eternity. So is he condemned. So is he a fool. It's a man God called a fool. But he wasn't condemning him for his planning. And there's nothing wrong with planning for tomorrow. The chances are right now you have made some plans for tomorrow. That doesn't mean that you're worrying about tomorrow. There's a difference. So planning, that's an okay thing. But then it can cross the line into worry. One writer said that worry is the interest we pay on the trouble that we borrow from tomorrow. Uh, one philosopher described the nature of worry when he said, My life has been full of terrible calamities that I've worried about, most of which never happened. That's the truth. 
Jesus said then, sufficient unto the day. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. He wasn't speaking of sin, but of the trials and difficulties that come in life. Every day brings with it a certain amount of trial, a certain amount of difficulty, some more than others. Most of the time, it's just the everyday garden variety kind of thing. Your car won't start. You got a flat. Uh, something's happened. You made a mistake. And you got less money in the bank than you thought you had. And the bank discovered it before you did. Okay. Now, that's an that's a everyday kind of garden variety kind of trouble. But sometimes these things are life-changing. We go through a day and, you know, we'll never be the same. Trials and difficulties come. And Jesus said that the day will bring them. Sufficient unto the day is the trouble, the difficulties that will come to us. We might ask ourselves the question tonight, you know, I'm one of God's children and I'm saved and God loves me. So why, when he could prevent it, why does he allow trials, troubles, difficulties to come? I'm not going to say this is all the reason, but I'm going to suggest to you tonight three reasons why we can see that uh, difficulties come. First, God uses the difficulty we face to confront the enemy. We saw this in the case of Job. When Satan came before the Lord and said, and the Lord said, the Lord was the one who brought Job up. Have you considered my servant Job? And, and, Job, and the devil asked a question then. Does Job fear God for naught? Does Job fear you for nothing? Hadn't you built a hedge around him and everything that he has to protect him and take care of him? Well, uh, the only reason, this was what the devil will say, the only reason that Job is serving you, the only reason that he honors you is because you're blessing him and you're protecting him. But if you take those blessings away and you take that protection away, the devil says, he'll curse you. He'll reject you. Of course, we know how that story played out. And uh, Job took all the licks that was allowed to come to him. And he said, Naked I came into the world, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not going to tell you Job didn't struggle. We struggle too. But I will tell you that as that scene played out and the book played out, God demonstrated very clearly that the troubles that came in his life. And Job never gave the devil one minute of credit for it. Did you notice? The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't say the devil did it. And so as he went through this time and God allowed this to come into his life, when we then go, we can learn perhaps that same lesson. When we go through trials and tribulation and we continue to serve God and we continue to praise God, then it gives us the opportunity to demonstrate our love and our loyalty to our Heavenly Father and confront the enemy because the devil still believes that all of us have an ulterior motive for serving God. But when trials come, difficulties come, we show it to everybody. We stay faithful. We continue on in our service of God. Oh, what a testimony that is. 
we can be thankful tonight that God did not uh, just uh, put us away in some uh, cloistered environment, protective environment. He left us in a sinful and sin-darkened, cursed world. And in our troubles and trials and difficulties where we continue to serve the Lord, then that light, the light of that testimony shines brightly. God then uses the difficulties we face to confront the enemy. Unfortunately, things don't always end that way. You know a lot of people and I know a lot of people that we could give this testimony to. They were faithful to God until. They were faithful to God until the wife died, the husband died, until they lost one of their kids, until they got sick, until they lost their job. Don't let that be true of you tonight. Don't let that be your testimony. We want to be one of those people that God uses. Though they went through difficulties. We just say, and say with Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. <laughs> How's that? That's the kind of men and women we want to be. God uses then the difficulty we face to strengthen us. When Adam sinned in the garden, God said, Cursed be the ground for your sake. Where before there had been all blessings. And we can't imagine that. Where before there had been all blessings, now cursed is the ground for your sake. Now there would be thorns and thistles. And that spoke of the troubles that life would bring. One of the worst things that could happen in a sin-cursed world is for man to have continued to live in a blessed state with no difficulties. For the earth just to continue to produce its bounty. And, and even though sin had come, men in that condition would never understand their need for God, would never seek God, would never cry out for God. Their troubles and their difficulties then made them understand that they need God's strength. I tell you, some folks have to go through a lot before they get down to the point where they will admit that they need God's help. That's a hard thing for some. You might be one of those people tonight. God's got patience. <laughs> He's got plenty of time. He never abandons His purposes. And so when he, he knows that we need his strength and we know he knows that we need him. And sometimes the difficulties that we face come to remind us of how much we need him. We can even put pain in that category. Every now and then I kind of imagine how great life would be without all the aches and pains. We might not think about it, but pain in its own way is a gift of God. If it weren't for pain, we could sit on a hot stove and not know it until we smelled the smoke. Ouch. If it weren't for pain, we could step on a nail, stick it all the way through our foot and not know it. We could break an arm or a leg or cut ourselves deeply and not know it. The aches and pains then of advancing years also serve a purpose. They remind us that we're not as young as we used to be and we need to be careful. They remind us in our years of declining strength, we need God more, not less. God uses the difficulties we face then to confront the enemy, to strengthen us and to show us our need then for him, but also to show his glory. John chapter 11 and verse 4, as Jesus uh, talked about the death of Lazarus, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now, you're going to be quick to point out that Lazarus died. Yeah, yeah, he did. 
<laughs> but he didn't stay dead. Neither will you. <laughs> neither will I. If you know Jesus Christ, neither will you. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. See, there are times when God works through the difficulties that we face to show his glory. When God works to bring deliverance in some amazing ways. And in those times then, we get the victory and God gets the glory. Amen? Worry is something then that is specifically taught against in Scripture because God knew how prone we all are to it. Please don't think tonight that I'm a worry-free preacher. I'm not. I struggle with it. I fight that battle just like you do and maybe worse. Some of you may thinking, well, you know, I inherited this. My mother was a worrier, and so I worry all the time too. Well, I've got it on pretty good scientific authority. I've looked in all of the books and everywhere I can look. So far, they have not identified a worry gene. So I'm, I'm pretty sure we're safe on that one. You didn't inherit it. It may be learned behavior, I'll give you that, but there's not a worry gene. It doesn't just run in your family. You might be like Hank Jr. and say, well, I'm just carrying an old, an old family tradition. You may be. You may be. It doesn't matter. The Bible says don't do it. Don't do it. And I want to show you some things tonight that uh, we can see in this text that worry does for us. First of all, it hides our blessing. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You see, when we bring our worries about tomorrow's trouble into today, it keeps us from seeing and enjoying the blessings that God has brought to us. God has built difficulties into every day. And he has built blessings into every day. And they operate in amazing balance. Psalm 68 verse 19 said, Blessed be the Lord who daily, daily loads us, loads us with benefits. God blesses us every single day. Sometimes we can't see those blessings at all. Because all we're seeing then is the burdens and the difficulties that come. Blessed be the Lord, though, who daily loads us with benefits. So every day might bring its measure of trouble. That's true. But every day will bring its measure of blessings as well. And there's a remarkable balance that exists between potential and problems, between happiness and heartaches, between blessings and burdens. And worry upsets that balance. All sunshine and no rain, one preacher said, is a desert. All sunshine and no rain is a desert. All rain and no sunshine is a swamp. But rain and sunshine produces a beautiful and fruitful world. We need both. When we're reaching into tomorrow and bringing its problems and difficulties over in today, we get all things out of balance and we are not able then to enjoy God's blessings. And sometimes we don't even see them. We get angry at God. We get upset with God. And we don't want to admit that we're angry with God, but we're angry with God because something has happened. We're disappointed with God because something didn't happen. And we get all consumed with that and we're just not able 
to see those blessings. We're swimming around in the blessings of God, but then worrying about the famine that we're sure is to come. What a terrible thing that is. Worry doesn't take the sorrow you see out of tomorrow. It doesn't help that one bit. But it does take the joy out of today. I heard about a woman who saw the negative in everything. I mean, she never saw anything good about anything. Someone told her, why don't you look on the bright side? She responded, no, sir. If God gives me tribulation, then he expects me to tribulate. <laughs> ah, yeah. Worry robs us of the ability to enjoy God's blessings and to experience God's blessings and even to see God's blessings because even while we're just surrounded with bounty, we're worried something bad is coming. Worry then robs our strength. Verse 34, the morrow, he says, shall take thought for the things of itself. You see, there's a promise in that that's often overlooked. God promises that tomorrow will not only bring difficulties, sufficient unto the morrow is the evil thereof, but also, there is a blessing in that. For the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. That is, that God will give us the resources that we need to deal with those difficulties when they come. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 25. As your days are, so shall your strength be. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your Faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. You see, God gives us a strength that we need, not ahead of time, <laughs> but right on time. So that with tomorrow's trouble comes the ability then to deal with tomorrow's trouble. We know that because Jesus told us there is no temptation, testing, trouble, trial, that happens to you, but such that is common to man. But God is faithful, who will with the temptation, who will with the testing, who will with the trouble, provide what? A means of escape. So that you may be able to bear it. That passage does not say, God will never put more on you than you can handle. It doesn't say that at all. It says just the opposite. A lot of things are going to happen to you that are more than you can handle. That's the whole point. When it's more than you can handle, uh, you call on God. <laughs> and you depend on Him. And God is an on-time God. He will give you what you need when you need it. I'll never forget a conversation I had with a very faithful, godly, lifelong, Christian, devoted man. He's still alive today. But he asked me one time, he said, Preacher, I don't understand there I was, he was having a terrible surgery. He was in terrible sickness. It, it looked, the things didn't look good. He said, I was scared to death. I was terrified. He said, I kept thinking God was going to give me that dying grace I'd always heard about. And it didn't come. I was scared to death. I was able to point out the obvious to him. You didn't die. God didn't give you dying grace because it wasn't time. 
Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have been trusting him a little bit more along the way, but if you're looking for dying grace when you're not about to die, you're looking for the wrong thing. It's not going to happen. God will give you what you need when you need it. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And that tomorrow then will take care of the things itself. It's easy for us to allow ourselves to be consumed with anxiety about what might happen. What might happen. And if you're wondering why God hasn't already given you peace and grace about it and why you don't have the strength you need to deal with it, the reason is because the problem is not here yet. You are worrying, after all, about something that might not happen. You say, well, I'm pretty sure we could hear a trumpet sound tonight and go home. It may not happen. The thing you're worrying about or anxious about may not happen. But it might. And if it does, then the same God that has got you through all the things you've gone through before will get you through that one as well. Two kinds of problems you see exist in our world, the things we can change and the things we can't change, and neither one of them are impacted by worry one bit. Things we can change, <laughs> change them. <laughs> things you can fix, fix them. Things you can do something with, do something. Oh, but it's those other things. The things we can't fix. The things we can't do anything about. The things that are beyond our control. And there's a lot of them. 2020 has brought more of them to our mind than we'd ever thought about. There's a lot of them. We've learned just in the last week that some of the basic necessities of life, things we take for granted, electricity, water, gas, propane, bread, milk. There's a lot of people in this country right now that are struggling without any of those things. And they've learned that something, just it's not, it's not like some big catastrophe, some big uh, conspiracy rather happened. We weren't attacked by a foreign power. Just a little ice fell out of the sky. <laughs> Just a little ice, a little snow. Isn't it amazing how fragile this thing we call life really is? And how easily it can all change. You see, we can go along a long way maybe, but thinking that things are pretty good and making along pretty good. But then those things come that we can't change, that we don't have any control over, and we realize just how weak then we are. But would it have done us any good to have just consumed ourselves with worry, worrying about these things? Worry doesn't prepare us for tomorrow. It keeps us from being prepared for tomorrow. We end up facing the future out of breath because we've worn ourselves out worrying about the things that are to come. Perhaps worst of all then, worry keeps us from our priorities. Seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's our priority and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. We can simply uh, express this, folks, tonight. Uh, when we're consuming our lives with worry, we cannot effectively seek the advancement of the kingdom of God. Opportunities will fail. We'll let them slip through our grasp like sand. 
because we're so worried about the prospects for the future. Sometimes, you see, God blesses us with more than we need. And I think a lot of us can say tonight, a whole lot of time, God blesses us with more than we need. And sometimes he does that because he knows that there are hard times to come in the future. He expects us then to be wise with those things and prepare and plan. That's not worry. God has blessed us. That prepares us then for unforeseen circumstances. Sometimes opportunities for ministry that God may bring to our hand that we had no idea were even coming. I remember a time when uh, I had a, a person, this was many years ago, when I had a person visit our church in Branson when I was pastor there. And uh, when he walked out, he put a $100 bill in my hand. And he just whispered to me, take Miss Nancy out to lunch. Well, it wouldn't have took half of that, a fourth of that back in those days. I could, you know, on a, on a good day, I could take her out to eat for $10 back then. <laughs> so that, that was quite a blessing. On the way home from church that day, and I don't say this to brag, folk. I'm just telling you, this is the way God works sometimes. On the way home, literally, from church. Actually, we weren't going home. We were headed up on 249, uh, going out to eat. Probably at Cracker Barrel, I don't remember. But on the way, I, I saw a, a, a man and his wife had a couple of kids standing on the side of the road with a hood up on their car. Their car was obviously broken down. I recognized them immediately. They were one of our church families. What did I do? I pulled over. It didn't take me five minutes to diagnose what was wrong. Uh, they, their alternator had gone out. I went to the store and bought them an alternator. <laughs> cost me just about $100. I don't say that to glorify myself. You know what I say that to? I say that to glorify God. God saw the need, and he provided it. What else could you say? God sometimes gives us more than we need because he knows what's to come. And sometimes that relates to you and I. There's a problem coming that we don't know about, but he does. And sometimes it relates to somebody else, an opportunity for ministry, an opportunity to help somebody, an opportunity to make a difference in their life. Sometimes a difference that will last for all eternity. And worry will keep us from that. So Jesus said... Take no thought for tomorrow. Sufficient unto tomorrow is the trouble, the burden, difficulties thereof. Tomorrow will take care of the things of itself. With tomorrow's trouble will also come tomorrow's provision. God will take care of us. So what do we do? We make it our priority to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and trust him. All these things, Jesus said, shall be added unto you. I think that's a great thing for us to look at tonight. I don't know how this applies to you. God brought this message to my mind, this passage to my mind this week, and uh, I needed to preach it. I needed to preach it mainly for me. Most of my preaching is in self-defense but also for some of you and maybe some of you watching from home. Stop worrying your life away. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's stand together, please.